you should be ashamed. Fastahi Allah. Be embarrassed. You should be ashamed, O oh, insan, that you're even asking for a reward of, for your worship. That you're even asking for a reward for your worship. Why? Because that worship was what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused you to do, allowed you to do, enabled you to do. Where is he getting that from? Okay, look at this verse of the Quran, Surah Al-A'raf, verse 43. Alhamdulillahi alladhi hadana lihadha wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. That proves exactly what he's saying. All praises to Allah who guided us to this. He allowed us to do this. We would never have been guided to do this had He not guided us. It all comes from Allah. So what are you asking for reward? Do it for Allah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd Alhamdulillah we continue with our series on Ibn Ata'illah's Ibn Ata'illah's Hikam which is the Book of Wisdom and the next one sums up a number of things that he's discussed in some of the previous ones that we've just dealt with in the recent sessions. This one is actually number 92 on page 104. Number 92 on page 104. This is what he says. He says, مَنْ عَبَدَهُ لِشَيْءٍ يَرْجُوهُ مِنْهُ أَوْ لِيَدْفَعَ بِطَاعَتِهِ وُرُودَ الْعُقُوبَةِ عَنْهُ فَمَا قَامَ بِحَقِّ أَوْصَافِهِ Allahu Akbar. مَنْ عَبَدَ شَيْءً يَرْجُوهُ مِنْهُ أو ليدفع بطاعته ورود العقوبة عنه فما قام بحق أوصافه. Whoever worships him for something he hopes for from him, or in order to stave off the arrival of chastisement, meaning whoever worships him for something he wants from him, or to repel punishment has not concerned himself with the real nature of his attributes. What does that mean? In other words, uh, we've had this theme before constantly. What he wants is for us to start worshipping Allah purely because we are his slaves and that's what we are required to do. No selfish motive at all. So that's why he says it in this other way, which he said before in different ways. He says... If you're worshipping him because you want something from him, because I want him to give me paradise, I want him to give me happiness, and so on and so forth, or I want no punishment, I don't want aggravation, and so on and so forth. Now, they're fine. You could have those ideas. You're not going to be sinful for having those ideas. But you're not there yet. You haven't done fully what, he, what we really as servants should be doing. He says then that person has not really concerned himself with the real nature of Allah's attributes. What does that mean? Allah's attributes and Allah Himself and His attributes, it demands us because He's being all-powerful, He's our creator, He's our sustainer, He's the one who gives us and He's the one who's generous to us and He lets us breathe and He lets us eat and drink and so on and live and so on. And we're just His slaves. So we should just be doing whatever He tells us to do anyway. If he allows us to do that, that's great. That, that, that is it. That's the real reason. So what about paradise then? 
There's so much discussion about paradise. There's so much discussion about hellfire to stay away from it. How does that figure into it? Well, um, obviously, once you become anybody who becomes a true slave of Allah, then he's gonna host, he's gonna host them in paradise anyway. It's just that if you if you're doing it for paradise, then that means that that's our desire is paradise and not Allah. Our desire is paradise, or our desire is avoidance of hell and not Allah, and just pleasing Him and not seeing Him as unsatisfied with us. So let's look at this in a bit more detail because I find this very, very powerful and very deep and very connecting to Allah. It's like we didn't know Allah before this. We were doing it for not the best reasons, not the best reasons we could do it for. People with regards to the way they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of their sincerity. Like what exactly are they worshipping for? Why have they prayed for? Why have they done anything? Why did they fast for? Three types. Three stages. You can say three types. Three stages. Some of them, they're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they're really fearful of His punishment. Punishment now in the world. Uh, you know, advanced punishment in the world and definitely punishment in the hereafter. Or... So that's the, I think that's the first group. Or they hope for his mercy. Is there anything wrong with hoping for Allah's mercy? Not at all. But that's all these people are praying for that. I just want Allah's mercy. And I want his protection in this world and in the hereafter. If somebody does even that, they're at least they're in that first category. Because if we're not doing it even for that, then we're not even that first category. There's actually two more categories above this. He says that these are the general Muslims. This is just the first rung. This is the first stage. And uh, this is uh, the category of people that the, that, that the hadith says, That had it not been for the hellfire, then no prostrator would have prostrated. Meaning nobody would have prostrated if it wasn't for the hellfire. Meaning hellfire gets you going in the beginning at least. That's usually a first stage. To get somebody to just love Allah first without paradise and hellfire is a bit more difficult, I guess. So that's the first stage. Number two, he says, then there's a group who love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they love Allah just for who He is. They love Allah for who He is and they just can't wait to meet Him. Shawqan ila liqai. There's eager, anticipate and can't wait to meet Him. They're not really worried about paradise or his protection. They're not fearful of hellfire or his punishment, etc. They're just like, Allah, Allah, I don't care what happens then. You know, I just want Allah. Meaning, they're not worried about the other aspects, their main focus. You know when you have a main focus, you could have the other focuses, but they are dim in you. They're, not, they're no longer there. The main focus is that now. I don't care how much sacrifice I have to give now. I don't care how much trouble it takes me. I'm not, for other people, oh, it's too much trouble. I can't do it. It's too much trouble to wake up for Fajr and come to, come to the masjid. It's too much trouble. But for those who've got it, like, it's like, khalas, I have to do it. I don't care if the water's cold out there, it's freezing outside or whatever. Or well, Fajr is at 4.30. Allah make it easy for us. He says, these are muhibboon al-aashiqoon min as-sa'ireen. These are the lovers of Allah. The ones who are deeply in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
they're the ones who are on the path of Allah. Can you get any higher than that? Uh, there's an, another upgrade to that, which is they don't even look at any of that. They're just like, I'm a slave of Allah. And all I'm doing is I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just, that's just my etiquette in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what He wants. He's our Lord, man. He's our Lord. I'm just a slave. That's what I'm supposed to do. I got no other. That's, there's nothing else I can do. I am His slave and that's what I should do. That's, so let's see. Another way to look at it, he says, is they're totally... <coughs> You might think that isn't the second category better than the third category? Did that cross your mind that the second category seems to be better than the third category? But actually the reason why this third category is even more superior is because that's pure sincerity in your worship. You're not even looking at it, you're just like, I'm a slave, that's what I should be doing. And that's what Allah wants us to be, right? Slaves. We are ibad Allah. And qiyaman bi wadaif al I just want to fulfill the responsibilities of him being my Lord and Rabb. That's all I'm doing. I'm just fulfilling a responsibility. These are also lovers of Allah because they couldn't have got to this without loving Allah. But they've come to such a point, they've recognized Allah to be the Supreme Lord and the Creator and everything in the proper sense. So they've just understood themselves as slaves now. That's why they're higher than the second group. So they are muhibbun al-'arifun. They're also knowers of Allah, but they're, they're the lovers and knowers of Allah. They know Allah more than the second group, it seems. Okay, so then uh, he kind of summarizes. He says that the first group, their worship, and look at this, see if it resonates. The first group, their worship was by themselves, meaning they mustered the worship, obviously, by themselves, for themselves. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it for their own benefits. I don't want hellfire. I don't want punishment. I don't want trouble. I want mercy. I want blessing. I want this. I want that. So they're doing it by themselves for their own purpose, for their own uh, receiving uh, their own benefits. The second, the second group, uh, their worship is binafsihi lillah. Uh, their worship is by themselves, but it's for Allah. So they've gotten that part that it's not for their own reason. It is for Allah, but they're not doing it. You'll see the third one. The third one, he says, their worship is because of Allah. Because Allah, they know that I can only do it if Allah wills me to do it. They're like just so in the hands of Allah. And of course, it's for Allah. It's just pure sincerity. There's no other reason. It's just pure sincere servitude. That we are a servant and that's what's required from us. That's all it is. Uh, he'll explain this a bit more. He says that anybody who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something that he hopes for to gain in this world or the akhirah or that he wants to repel by his obedience uh, some kind of punishment in the dunya or the akhirah then he has not, what does that mean that he has not fulfilled the demands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes, right? I explained that briefly already. What are the attributes of Allah that we should be fulfilling? If we recognize that Allah has azama, he has all majesty, he is the greatest. Kibriya, most majestic, most great. He has all might. He is totally independent of our worship. 
Like he doesn't need our worship. And he has every other attribute of perfection and of beauty and of majesty and strength and everything else. Once you, once you recognize a creator like that, then what, what comparison are we to that creator? When you recognize the greatness of Allah, do you think you're going to think yourself as anything? We're literally nothing. When you think of the greatness of Allah and you realize that, then we are nothing. And if we don't, then we're something. Like when we don't understand how great Allah is, then we think we're something because we can only see ourselves. But when you see somebody great, he's like, well, man, I, I can't compete with that. Like I'm nothing compared to that. Like that's beyond what I could even imagine to ever be or see anyone to be. Okay, now he challenges us with a few things. This is, I think this is the most important part of this. He says, What do you think? If there was no paradise or hellfire, think about it now for the first group, right? If there was no paradise or hellfire, Alam yakun ahlan if there was no hellfire or no paradise, then the one mighty one, would he still not have been worthy of worship? Or is he only worthy of worship because there's a paradise and hellfire? And when you look at it like that, it becomes very simple. He is worthy of worship whether there's the paradise or hell or not. Another, another, another question. Don't, what do you think? That the one who has blessed us with the gift of existence in this world and then of assistance throughout until now, isn't he worthy that you thank him? That every single creation thank him and is grateful to him? Have you ever thought about it that way? We're just so busy with everything else that we never think of Allah. That's why we don't know Him. And Allah bless this author. Allah bless this author that I have benefited hugely. I mean, my whole sense of worship has changed because of this and may Allah give us more. He says, so the person who is a slave, owned by someone else, a property of another, he can't then say, when I do khidmah of you, I expect something from you. You're my slave, you can't do anything. A machine that you operate, your car that you operate. Does a car expect anything from you? When you drive the car, it's like, maybe in the future with the artificial intelligence, they might start doing that. Right? That's what people are scared of. But the car does not expect the machine that you operate, the appliances you operate, your phone, doesn't just charge me up, that's it. I just need charge, that's what, and I'll work. And if anything breaks, you have to fix it up. And Allah keeps doing that for us. He said, you can't ask for anything. You're a slave, you can't ask for anything. But you, that slave would, would serve his Lord because he's a slave, that's what he is. And of course then, if the master's a good one, he will supply you, feed you, clothe you, assist you. Then he asked another question. He says, do you think that Allah allowed you to come out in existence and then after that he would prevent his kindness from you? Has he prevented his kindness from you until now? Everything that he's given you that you're sitting here today, well fed and well clothed? He's trying to focus now that 
why you worried about Allah is kind, He's generous. You have لَقَدْ أَسَأْتَ الظَّنَّ بِالرَّبِّ الْكَرِيمِ You have a very bad thought about Allah. Like you don't know Allah. Like you have very bad thoughts, in fact, negative thoughts about Allah. إِنْ اِعْتَقَدْتَ أَنَّكَ إِنْ لَمْ تَعْبُدْهُ مَنَعَكَ مِنْ جُودِهِ الْعَظِيمِ SubhanAllah. He's just disconnecting two things. Very important. Listen, he says, You have thought very badly and negatively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you believe that if you don't worship Him, then He is not going to give you from His massive generosity. Look at all of those people who deny Him, He gives them. Not the Akhirah, but definitely in this world, He gives them. So you think you have to worship Him to get something from Him? He's going to give you that. Whatever is written, you're going to get of that. Your relationship is just servant, do what He tells you to do. لَقَدْ أَجْرَى عَلَيْكَ مِنَّتَهُ وَرِزْقَهُ وَأَنْتَ فِي ظُلْمَةِ الْأَحْشَاءِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already started shower you, showering you with blessings while you were still inside the womb. In fact, even before that. And then after that, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed you to come into this world, He expanded to you from His generosity. And then He allowed you to do what you will in this world. He gave you power. And capability to do whatever you want. It was uh, some time ago, it was found written in the Kaaba when they checked. There was this, nobody knows who wrote it, right? As though that's a message from Allah. It was found written in the Kaaba. He says, Remember my gifts upon you, my goodness to you when you were still a lot of fluid when you are still a drop of fluid and don't forget that my forming of you my design of you when you were in the stomach I formed you the embryonic stage is quite amazing when you look at that in every one of your matters have reliance in every matter of yours because I will suffice you from everything that you might have fear for and you might Consign your matters to me. Leave your matters to me. You don't have to worry about them. Leave your, you just worship me and leave your matters to me. And know that I am the one who makes the judgments and I do as I wish. So just leave it to me. Uh, just two or three hadith come in mind. There's a hadith of the who said that Anybody who reads the Quran and reads the Quran and reads the Quran and they're so obsessed with reading the Quran they don't have time to make dua to Allah. Allah will give them the best that the best of people ask Him. The best of what is asked to Him, Allah will give it to them for free. Because you don't have time to make dua because you're so into my words. Khalas, bismillah, I'll, I'll look after you. That's a very high status, by the way. You can't jump to that status. You need to build up to that status. May Allah take us. You should be ashamed. min Allah. Be embarrassed. You should be ashamed, O oh, insan, that you're even asking for a reward of, for your worship. That you're even asking for a reward for your worship. Why? Because that worship 
was what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused you to do, allowed you to do, enabled you to do. Where is he getting that from? Okay, look at this verse of the Quran, Surah Al-A'raf, verse 43. Alhamdulillahi alladhi hadana lihadha wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. That proves exactly what he's saying. All praise is to Allah who guided us to this. He allowed us to do this. We would never have been guided to do this had He not guided us. It all comes from Allah. So what are you asking for reward? Do it for Allah. Just that He gave it to you. Another verse, Surah Al-Qasr, 68. Your Lord creates what He wishes and selects and chooses what He wishes. Surah Al-Insan, verse 30. وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ Whatever you choose has to be chosen by Allah first. Everything you choose is chosen by Allah. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا يَكُنْ أَحَدُكُمْ كَلَعَبْدِ السُّوءِ None of you should become like that bad slave, that messed up slave. In خَافَ amila, If he's fearful because he's going to get some kind of punishment, then he, then he does something. Ajir and don't even be like that laborer, a suit, the bad laborer, in Lam Yu'tal Ujra Lam Yama, like give me money first. Like if he's not given his uh, his payment first, he doesn't work. I mean, I think some have to be like that because they're scared the guys are gonna pay him. That's different. But this is the one that you know, there's no reason. He's like, no, give me money first. Right, you haven't done the work because you might run away. A lot of builders do that, don't they? Wahhab ibn Munabbih. Wahhab ibn Munabbih said that it's mentioned in the Zabur, in the Psalms of Dawood alayhi salam. وَمَنْ أَظْلَمْ مِمَّنْ عَبَدَنِي لِجَنَّةٍ أَوْ نَارٍ And again, don't get this wrong, but he says, Who is more oppressive, who is more dhalim and oppressive than the one who worships me just for Jannah or fire or because of the hellfire? And I think that was wrong with that. He says, لَوْ لَمْ أَخْلُقْ جَنَّةٍ وَلَا نَارًا أَلَمْ أَكُنْ أَهْلًا أُطَعْ so then he, he tells us the reason. He says that if I had not created this paradise or hellfire, would I still not be worthy to, to be uh, obeyed? Why are you doing that for? So you see, any question that you have about this, it goes when that question comes up. Like any, uh, any question in your mind like, oh, what's he talking about, Jannah, Jahannam? Well, obviously, I mean, if Jannah, Jahannam was there, that's just there. It just happens to be there because Allah created it. It's not why we worship Allah, or it shouldn't be why we worship Allah. It's just a stepping stone, really. That's what it is, to get people onto it. People need uh, enticement. Once they get into it, then they, you know, you get somebody in, and then after that, they get committed to the cause. Then you don't have to give them anything. They become committed to the cause. First, you have to pay them for it. Uh, again, something from Dawood, salam, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired me. He sent a wahi to me that, inna that the most beloved of the beloved ones to me are those who worship me not for any gift, not for any bounty. The only reason they worship is because they recognize me as the Lord and that's what is de demanded of them, so they do it. That's my job, that's what I have to do. Then Allah will look after them anyway. Okay, you see, people were getting worried that if I just worship Allah just because I have to, man, because we want something, right? 
Everybody wants something. There's a nafs in there like, I want something out of this. So you're saying, what are you saying? Like, what are you talking about? Just worship Allah because you're a slave of Allah and you must do it anyway. So I think he, he gives, a bit of, uh, gives a bit of comfort at the end. He says, if, you're, if you manage to raise your aspirations from looking for all of these things, like you get, you, if you manage to get beyond that and actually worship Allah for himself only, subbat alaykal hudud. All of these things that you've ever wanted will pour down on you. Now that you say, okay, I'm going to do it because it's going to pour down on me later. That's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? No. That's what they call, that's what the Sufis call fana. Like, you, you just need to just totally destroy every other idea. It needs to be purely Allah. That's all I'm doing it for. You can't even think that I'm going to get anything for it. You can't even do that. But this is just so that maybe we can get started. Subbat alayk. Like it'll be poured upon you. All of these things will be poured upon you. It says in some narration, Inna Allah yahfad al-awlad. Oh man, when I read this, I was so happy. When I read this, I was so happy. And the reason for that is one of the things that you do when you have children is that you want to set them up and you want to secure them. So initially you're trying to secure yourself and you know, you're trying to lay down your own foundation and then when you've done your own foundation then you're worried about your children and grandchildren and so on and so forth right your, your focus is so far subhanallah and when i read this i was like man i don't need to do that anymore like i knew that in the back of my mind but this just helped me a lot inna allaha yahfadu al-awlad wa awlad al-awlad bi al-ajdad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will preserve and protect your children and the children of your children because of the obedience of the grandfather, grandparents. Prove it. Prove it. Where is this coming from? From the Quran, Surah Al Kahf, verse 82. You know the story when Khidr, Khadir, Aisha went and straightened that wall out. Why? They didn't even feed you in that area. And you straightened the wall out. The other place they gave you free carriage and you broke their boat. And here you fix a wall for them even though they were so unhospitable. Allah explains, it says, because, you know, this was for those orphans and their forefathers, their grandfather or father, whoever it was, was a righteous man. So this is what we do for you guys. You be righteous, we'll protect your grandchildren. <coughs> It all makes sense now when I've heard awliya saying these things. There was one big scholar in India and I sat with his son and he said, my father left us nothing. And when somebody said, why don't you leave your children something? He said, that I've tried to make them salihin. He didn't use this. He said, I tried to make them salihin. And Allah says in the Quran that, Wallahu yatawalla salihin. Allah's going to look after the salihin. So I've given them the best security. I've given them, I've qualified them for Allah, Allah looking after them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected that treasure in there because their father was a righteous man. So that's why all of these things that we're trying to attain, they will be poured upon you. They will be poured upon you and your children. And that how? It's when the grandfather or the father stopped going after it themselves. Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, just to give you a bit of an idea, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, the great tabi'i, you know, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib radiyallahu anhu, he said, he used to say to his son, 
inni la utilu salat min ajlik i lengthen my prayer for you i make lots of prayer because the benefit of that will come to you guys inni la utilu salat think wide when i do this it's not just for my benefit inshallah i am leaving a legacy that until the day of judgment this will continue to benefit people meaning I worship Allah out of ikhlas because Allah will, will protect us all for that reason. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahu Akbar, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be uh, praised. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to take this to heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to move beyond this. اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك هذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا من لا اله الا انت سبحانك انا كنا من الظالمين اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لامه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر لموتانا المسلمين الذين شهدونك بالوحدانيه وماتوا على ذلك اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولمشايخنا ولأساتذتنا ولإخواننا ولأخواتنا ولأولادنا ولأزواجنا ولإخواننا ولأستقائنا ولأقاربنا ولكل من له حق علينا ولكل من أوصانا بالدعاء اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من ينفعنا حبه عندك أو الله accept our duas accept our sitting here أو الله turn our lives around أو الله allow us to worship you properly for the right reason, for the right motivation. Oh Allah, oh Allah, allow us to be true servant of yours. Allow us to recognize that servitude. Allow us to recognize your might, your grandeur, your greatness. Oh Allah, your power, your benevolence. Oh Allah, your generosity. And everything that you have given us, do not allow us to lose sight of that at any moment. Oh Allah, only then, only then we will understand our true position. Oh Allah, we are so arrogant. Oh Allah, we are so distracted. Oh Allah, we are so distracted. Oh Allah, we are so busy with so many other things. We are so ignorant of you. Oh Allah, grant us knowledge. Oh Allah, grant us your understanding. Grant us your recognition. Allow us to understand your attributes and to respect them. Oh Allah, oh Allah, you are worthy of worship regardless of what you have given us or you don't give us. You have given us abundantly. Oh Allah, you are worthy of all gratitude. Oh Allah, we can be grateful throughout our life and not suffice in our gratitude to you. Oh Allah, oh Allah, oh Allah, allow what we have read today. Oh Allah, allow that to become a reality for us. Oh Allah, bless the author. Oh Allah, bless all of those who've allowed this gathering to happen here. Bless the entire congregation. Oh Allah, make it easy for us. Make the dunya and the akhirah. Give us the best of the, 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 the both worlds. And O oh Allah, allow us to have purity in our worship, in our devotion. And O oh Allah, we ask that you take care of us. And we consign our matters to you, so take care of us. Remove the griefs from our heart. Remove the concerns from our heart, the fear from our heart. And O oh Allah, all the unnecessary worries. And protect us from the afat al-dunya wal-akhirah. Protect us from the calamities, protect us from the calamities, protect us from humiliation, protect us from going wrong, O oh Allah, protect us from sin and transgression. O oh Allah, make us righteous servants, make us a breeze of fresh air. 
O oh Allah, make us of those who are valued, O oh Allah, in your sight and in the sight of others. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us our du'as and cure our sick ones, bless our deceased ones. And O oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wa salamun ala mursaleen wa alhamdulillah. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially for example the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.